uh, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And my flesh is weak, but the spirit's going to do it. <laughs> uh, all I'm going to do today, I'm going to start off with one. Uh, I'll explain this for a second too. Um, what we're doing is uh, we're we're entering into the form of of worship in a church that is, this is a big word, participatory. Isn't that fancy? It sounds smart, don't it? And all that means is, is everybody gets to. A lot of the modern church world has gone to a worship style that's like a concert where the people show up and the musicians and the singers do their thing and nobody knows the words to the songs and, and it's more of a concert style. And I'm not... Got anything to say about that? That don't affect me. It ain't here, and so. But well, what we're doing is, is we're moving into a formal worship that opens the door to the power of God in the worship. Because when the people of God participate in worship, miracles happen. People get the Holy Ghost. People get healed without even asking. And these are all things that I've seen with my own eyes. I mean, I've seen children that can't even read yet but clap along with everybody else and pretty soon that child will be one of the first ones that comes down to the altar to pray. So what, what I'm going to do is we've, we've learned a few new songs and this week I'm going to keep one that we've uh, learned so it becomes familiar to us and then I'm going to introduce a couple, uh, a couple different ones to us. But keep in mind that all God wants from you is your participation. Amen. That's all He wants from you. Even if you had laryngitis and couldn't clap with your hands, you can stand. You can close your eyes. You can see, you can love on God with your mind. And God will receive the best worship you have. The best worship you have. So that's all you have to give God. That's all you have to do is mean it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's light. Hold on, Spud. All right. One of these days, we're going to have all the fancy equipment. Uh, I thought about that earlier, but. Yeah. I told Jimmy, I said, there are some here that if you give them a little shade, they'll use it. <laughs> we'll start at the top. I once was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in, and the little light from heaven filled my soul. It made my heart in love, and it wrote my name above, and just a little talk with Jesus made me whole. Now let us have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about our trouble. He will hear our faintest cry. He'll answer by and by. When you feel a little prayer will turn in. You know a little fire is burning. You'll find a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Sometimes my passing spirit without a ray of cheer. And then a cloud of doubt may hide the light of day. The mists of sin may rise and hide the starry sky. But just a little talk with Jesus clears away. 
Now let us sing the songs and let us come on out our trouble. And He will hear our faintest cry. He'll answer by and by. When you feel little prayer will turn in, you know little fire is burning. You'll find a little talk with Jesus makes it right. I'm gonna testify now. I may have doubts and fears, my eyes be filled with tears, but Jesus is a friend who watches day and night. I go to Him in prayer, He knows my every care, and just a little talk with Jesus makes Oh yes, it does! Now let us have a little talk with Jesus, and let us come on about our trouble, and we will hear our faintest cry, and He will answer it by and by. When you feel a little prayer will turn in, you know a little fire is burning, you'll find a little talk with Jesus. I gotta do verse 1 again, it's my testimony. I once was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in. And the little light from heaven filled my soul. He paid my heart in love, and he wrote my name above. And just a little talk with Jesus made me whole. Now let us settle and let us and He will hear our faintest cry, and He will answer by and by. When you feel a little prayer will turn in, you know a little fire is burning. You'll find a little talk with Jesus. God's ever answered a prayer for you. Can you pray for today? You can be seated. But you don't have to stay that way. <laughs> yeah, you get a certain age and yeah. And I'm gonna stay up here because uh, it's a little work getting back here. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you the one difference about a lot of the old ones and in, in, in well, a lot of the new ones. A lot of the old ones are testimonies, man. Everybody's gonna be happy over there. Everybody. We're going to shout and sing God's praise. Now, I just, I'm just going to say, there's some saved folks that I'll be, I'm going to be shocked in heaven to see them shout because they ain't never seen them do it down here. I mean, I don't know. I guess God can turn a statue into somebody that shouts, right? <laughs> but believe this now. This is somebody that's got some loved ones that's gone on, right? And they're missing them. So listen to this verse. Mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers will be singing around the throne in that land where no one ever knows a care. And the Christians of all ages will join in the triumph song. Everybody will be happy over there. Everybody is going to be happy over there. And look at this. We'll hear nobody praying. No mourning in that land for there's no burdens there will be for us to bear. All the people will be singing. All of them. I just got a hunch. I mean, I hope I'm wrong, but more than likely, somebody that never opens their mouth to sing and worship right, down here yeah. probably ain't going to get there to do it. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, I, I'm just saying, yeah. all the people will be singing glory, glory to the Lamb. Everybody will be happy over there. And I like this chorus too. <clears throat> I'm feeling the energizer. <laughs> everybody will be happy with 
and glory shared, where the souls of men shall enter and live on forevermore. Everybody will be happy over there. Sisters, brothers will be singing round the throne in that land where one every knows of care. And the Christians of all ages will join in the triumph song. Everybody will be happy over there. I know everybody will be happy. I like the way this sounds now. We will hear nobody praying and no mourning in that land. For no burdens there will be for us to bear. All the people will be singing glory, glory to the Lamb. Everybody will be happy. Oh, yes, I will. I said everybody will happy, we'll be happy over there. We will shout and sing God's praise. Everybody will be happy over there. Like this one. There will meet the one who saved us and who kept us by his grace and who brought us to that land so bright and fair. We will praise his name forever as we look upon his face. Everybody will be happy over there. I said everybody will be happy, will be happy over there. We will shout and sing God's praise. Everybody will be happy over there. Glory, Lord. All right, you can be seated this morning. We need to schedule our January uh, potluck. Yes. I'll get a date for that. I'll send it out. And make sure that it uh, make sure that it works for everybody. Maybe some homemade corn dogs. Don't get excited, bud. You're gonna fast. Hey. You know, I, I realized something several years ago. Was that a lot of the 
church songs that that they say are kids songs, you know? Man, uh-uh. There's times with songs like this, when you're going through something and it seems like some things are falling apart, it's just nice to remember he's got the whole world in his hands, you know? He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole wide world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got you and me, brother, in his hands. He's got you and me, brother, in his hands. He's got sisters out now. He's got you and me, sister. In his hands, he's got you and me, sister. In his hands, he's got you and me, sister. In his hands, he's got the whole world. Be encouraged today. You believe this part? He's got my unsaved loved ones. In his hands, he's got my unsaved loved ones. In his hands, he's got my unsaved loved ones. In his hands, he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole wide world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world. We're going to do that again. It's, I feel something. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole wide world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Jesus. Well, that's a classic. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Speaking of classics, Spud, I need your help. Well, oh yes, gifted. I bet so much. One prayer there, young fella. Lord Jesus, we just come to you today, Lord God, thanking you for another day, Lord God. Thanking you for allowing us to wake up this morning, Lord God. Lord Jesus, we just we just ask that you keep everybody in mind on the prayer list, Lord God, and and bless bless those that weren't able to make it, Lord God. Yeah. And now, Lord Jesus, I ask that you bless this offering to the good of your kingdom, Lord God. Have it used for what you will, Lord Jesus. And we love you, we worship you, we praise your holy name, Lord God. Thanks for everything you got ready today, brother, by the way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you, sir. Yes, sir.
We got some thick meat cut through today. Surprise, surprise. Uh, book of Ezekiel, chapter number 34. And you know how we do nine times out of ten. We're going to dig. So don't stand. You're going to need to be able to write, underline, highlight. Ezekiel 34. Uh, the, the interesting, particularly interesting, is, is not just the subject matter in this chapter, uh, but also the chapter it comes after. Because the 33rd chapter of Ezekiel outlines the responsibility, obligations, and consequences of the watchman. What his job is, what he has to do, what will happen to him if he does not do it, uh, what will happen to people if they do not listen to him. So this chapter 34 though, uh, what we're going to talk about today is spiritual CEOs and God's flock. Spiritual CEOs and God's flock. We're going to find the condition in this section of Scripture. There are a few different kinds of prophecy. One kind of prophecy is when God will speak through a person and foretell something that's going to happen in the future. Okay? Another type of prophecy is when you find a section of Scripture that outlines a condition of the people in that section of Scripture and then shows what God did in response to that condition, then when you can look around you and see people that are in that same condition, you can be guaranteed that God is going to respond the same way. This is such a section today. The Word of the Lord came unto me saying, so a man prophesy against the shepherds. Whoa. Preach against the preachers, the pastors. And here's what I want you to preach to them. Thus saith the Lord God unto the shepherds, Woe be to the shepherds of Israel that do feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? Mm. Now he's using uh, shepherds of real sheep, the animal, uh, but he's using that as an example of pastors and congregations. And he's saying that in, with real sheep and a real shepherd, that that shepherd would feed the sheep that's in the flock, not just himself. Then God speaks directly to these shepherds, these pastors, and he says, you eat the fat, you clothe you with the wool. The fat comes from the sheep, and the wool comes from the sheep. You kill them that are fed, but you feed not the flock. So in other words, God's saying, you take all the things from the flock that do you good, but you don't do nothing for the flock. Sounds like some preachers with $30 million jet airplanes that too holy to ride Commercial, right? Pastors with $100 million mansions with people in their congregation homeless or living in places that ought to be condemned. The diseased 
Have you not strengthened? Now remember, he's talking to pastors. You've not strengthened the disease. You haven't healed the ones that are sick. Neither have you bound up the ones that are broken. Neither have you brought again the ones that were driven away. Neither did you seek for the ones that were lost. But with force and cruelty, you have ruled them. That is a large portion of the modern landscape of the Christian church. Many people coming in from society that have broken marriages or have no jobs or are addicted or are homeless or are sick are not welcome in many places because people in those conditions don't bring anything to the congregation that adds to it. People in those conditions draw from the resources of that congregation. And if the shepherd of that congregation is only concerned with attaining those resources for himself, he's not going to want to pour any of those resources out to the people that come in that are sick or diseased or broken. Somebody last night was teasing me at the wedding and they introduced me to somebody and then he said, yeah, uh, they have a service over at Lori's and then they have it at the senior center. And then they looked at me and they said, uh, but you got to get a church. Now, I didn't want to take the time to explain to them that we are the church, right? I didn't want to take that time. But I told them, I said, well, I'm not, I don't care about that. And they looked at me like, what's wrong with you? I said, I kind of like not having to pay insurance and utilities. And I said, because that insurance money and utility money can go to put food on somebody's belly or clothes on their back. That's right. right. And I didn't say it rudely, but they were in shock by the answer. And the depressing thing for me was that they were shocked by the answer. (laughs) Congregations and pastors with with million-dollar mortgages and they put this thermometer, I've seen them. They make a poster and they put it on the wall and it says building fund. And it looks like a thermometer. It's round at the bottom and skinny at the top. And they've got dollar figures on the side. And, and they'll take up a building fund offering. And they'll say, it's time for your building fund offering. Above your tithe, above your offering. And they track it right here. I've seen it many, many, many places. And all that money is sitting in a bank for a building fund while there are hungry people around them, whether people around them who need help with clothes or utilities or sick or need a ride to the doctor, but we can't help anybody because we've got a building fund. Mm. I'm just going to tell you right now, we will never have a building fund. No, sir. Just hang in bed. Man, there's rooms in here that gradually grow in size until you get to the theater down there to see 300. I see no reason whatsoever unless God God can give us a building. Amen. God gives me a building, I, you know, God, I, I'm pretty sure I'll take it. He does. Right. <laughs> He's done it before. <laughs> we had a $40,000 anonymous donation given to us in Harvard. Never did meet the lady that gave it to us. $40,000. Walked in off the street to the pastor that was trying to sell us the building and and told him, said, God told me to donate $40,000 to the people that you want to sell this building to. He said, what? 
And he called me on the phone and said, are you sitting down? I said, no, but I can. I said, why? What's up? And he said, I got a lady in my office right now who wants to give you $40,000. I said, what? He said, yeah, but she don't want you to know who she is. And we never did find out who she is. That's not our business. Right. He's either all God all the time or he ain't God any of the time. Right. Yeah. Amen. I'm not worried right. about a building. We're in one that can grow to 300. I don't see 300 here. Right. We're good. That's right. Not yet. Right. And we're gonna, this is in here too. Amen. One of these Sundays, I need to tell the story of Harvard to everybody. Yes. That will increase your faith. I really, I do. I need to tell it one Sunday. Yeah. It'll increase your faith about what we're doing now. Okay, so all these people in verse 4, I got a question for you. What the heck was the shepherd doing? Right. He wasn't feeding the sheep. He wasn't healing the sheep. He wasn't tending the sheep. He was eating. So he's probably just napping the rest of the time. Yeah. What was he doing? And look at this, verse number 5. And they were scattered because there is no shepherd. Wait, hold the book. Wait, what are you saying, God? You just you're preaching to the shepherds. What do you mean there's no shepherd? What he means is there is no real shepherd. And that's why I use the phrase spiritual CEOs. These men that he referred to already, that we're not doing anything to help the sheep, but we're taking advantage of these sheep for what the sheep could provide for them. They were spiritual CEOs. They were no different than the manager at Kentucky Fried Chicken or the manager at McDonald's. It was a franchise religion, and they did what they did to provide for themselves. We do what we do to provide for others. There will never be a day where all we provide for is ourselves. Now, everybody that comes in has some form of need. And it can be many different, varied kinds of needs. And that's okay. That's what we do. But what else we do is we heal, we strengthen, we restore, and then we equip. And then the ones that have received all that become a part of the body that heals the next ones that come in the door that need healing. I only burp babies. And I only burp them for a little while. If you're living for God for a while, I do not have a bottle for you. I will not offer you a bottle. If you're brand new, I will give you formula. God's formula. And it will be how to get on your feet and be strong in God. But after you spit that formula up and don't want it, you're just going to have to sit there and try to chew on T-bone steak with everybody else because I'm not going to spend six months feeding somebody a bottle that ought to be off the bottle. Right. Amen. Hallelujah. At the same time, I'm not going to feed a bottle all the time to people that eat me. Right. Uh-huh. Now, nothing would look unnatural if I had an infant up here and I had this infant, and you know, I don't do this, but women do this. I still don't know how they do this. I'm not coordinated enough to do it. But they can walk and pat the butt and do the whole walk. I don't know how they do that. See, I look silly even doing it. But if I had an infant in my arm, and I'm walking around patting that infant, well, nobody would think a thing about it. It'd be, oh, that's sweet. But if I had somebody in the size, a 15-year-old, and I treat her, oh, little Emma, you're so cute. And I talk to her in baby talk. Everybody's going to look at me like, dude, you are nuts. There's something wrong. The hamster and the wheel ain't even in the same room. right? We don't treat 15-year-olds 
like they're babies. So that's the way the church is. Everybody will receive what they need at the age and the place that they are in God. And we will not turn away anyone that comes through that door that needs help if they will apply the help. One thing I've learned too over the years, they keep spitting it back up and ain't doing nothing with it. I'm done. Because there are people in my life that receive what it is that helps them and they're doing something with it. So you cannot spend your time with someone who will not apply what they're learning because they're never going to get any further. They were scattered because there's no shepherd. Plenty of CEOs, plenty of pastors. And look what happens to the people. They became meat to all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. Now remember, he's using the example of sheep, the animal, and them being scattered. So if there's no shepherd and nobody to protect them, then that means the wolves, the lions, the bears, they have open access because the sheep are scattered, right? And they become food and pray for those carnivores. So what God is saying is when there's no spiritual (coughs) shepherd, a real shepherd, and the people are scattered because they have no direction, they have no security, they're not learning how to protect themselves, they're not learning how to fast, they're not learning how to tithe and rebuke the devourer, they're not learning the spiritual disciplines of warfare, so then people become prey to all the things that are out there. Now that's not just people, that is demonic influencing. We read the scripture Wednesday night, Uh seven more spirits worse than the first. So someone comes to the flock, and even if they do get help, and the unclean things are delivered from, if they're then scattered and run off because they're being mean to, or because there's no love for them, and they know it, and they're driven away, they become prey to whatever is out there. That's why there's some people, when you talk to about church today, they get angry. And it could have happened 25 years ago. But they're still angry over that because they were treated wrong. Mm. They were scattered because there's no shepherd. They become meat to the beast when they were scattered. My sheep. Look what God reminds everybody. Those ain't your sheep, preacher. My sheep. They get nervous around preaching say, my people. Oh, okay. What you you gangbanger, huh? My people. My sheep. Wandered through all the mountains and upon every high hill. Yea, my flock was scattered upon all the face of the earth. And look at this. And none did search or seek after them. Uh You know, the Bible has one definition of spiritual. The Bible doesn't say if God uses you to give a miracle to somebody, you're spiritual. It doesn't say that if He uses you to heal somebody, you're spiritual. It doesn't say if you talk in tongues every time you close your eyes to pray, you're spiritual. The Bible says, it talks about somebody that's wandered off, and it says, ye which are spiritual, restore. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There ain't a whole lot of spiritual people around. Not a whole lot of spiritual preachers around. Because restoration is messy. Restoration will will give you high blood pressure. Restoration will wear you out. Restoration will frustrate you. Because in order to restore, 
You have to visit that thing that was wounded. Hear me. You have to go right there. And if somebody was hurt really bad by a preacher, and you're the preacher trying to restore them, guess where you got to go? You got to go to that place in their heart that they built a wall over a long time ago that they have been protecting all this time and have been protecting it mostly against two, the preacher. So here you are, a preacher, and you've got to restore somebody that's had a bad experience with a preacher, and you've got to go to the one place in their heart they don't want you to go. But you cannot restore any... Listen to this. Whatever the wound is, you cannot come back to God and progress in God without healing that wound. You can cover it up. You can pray back through in the Holy Ghost. You can talk in tongues for three hours. You can live clean. You can make every church service. You can pay attention the whole time. You can memorize Bible verses. You can pray for three hours every day. But you have to go back to that wound. It has to be healed. Because if not, you have a root of bitterness. It is a root. You may not feel bitter about that. But there is a reason why people don't want to go there. But you have to go there. God wants your whole heart. Your whole heart. None did search or seek after them. Man, when somebody stops going to church, you're in for a tense visit when you go to visit them. Because you're the last person they want to see. They're a little ashamed that they've not been there. They know they really have no valid excuse compared to eternity to be there. And here you are on their door. But God's got a problem with these shepherds because they didn't go after anybody. They left. They just left. Okay, see ya. Good luck. Therefore, ye shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, saith the Lord God, surely because my flock. You see how he drives it in time and time again? It is not the shepherd's flock. Listen to me. The only one here that belongs to me is that one. The only one here that will ever belong to me is that one. Even when my children and grandchildren come back, they still don't belong to me. They belong to God first. And I treat my blood relatives the same way I do somebody that don't have my last name, don't have my DNA. That's why I have such a large group of my related people around me all the time. That's why I don't. Because I don't play favoritism. Because I'm going to stand in front of God for the way I minister to everybody. And I'm not going to hell for anybody. Because my flock became a prey. That's a victim. My flock became meat. They were devoured to every beast of the field. Because there was no shepherd. Neither did my shepherd search for my flock. But look what the shepherds did. They fed themselves and fed not my flock. 
I, I'm going to say this just more because you can. A pastor that will not counsel people is not worth his weight right. in anything. A pastor that won't get his hands dirty in situations that family and invite him into. I'm just going to tell you right now. I won't impose myself in any situation you ever have unless I see your house is burning up and you're not even trying to get out of it. Right. But I will not impose myself into anything you got going on. But guess what I will do? When I know you got something going on, you might as well get ready. You're going to come to church and you're going to hear teaching on it. You're going to hear preaching on it. And you're going to be like, my God, all he's talking about is the things I have a problem with. Hello? What is he supposed to talk about? Right. Because these people are in trouble for God because they wouldn't. Right. So I'm used to people getting irritated with me because when there's a problem right in front of my face, I'm getting in it. Right. Because if I don't, I'm going to answer for not getting in it. And that's cost me friendships over the years. That's cost me family relationships over the years. That's cost me people that liked me when it started and decided they didn't because there would be a problem right in front of my face all the time. And I cannot, by God Almighty, ignore something that's wrong when it's right in front of my face. I'm not going to hell for you. That's right. Amen. Right. Right. Not going to do it. If that makes you mad, you just have to get happy in the same britches or skirt you got mad in. That's right. Amen. <laughs> That's right. I don't want you to go to hell for me. You willing to go to hell for me? Nope. You better not be. Nope. Therefore, you shepherds, he says it again, repeats himself. Hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith God, I am against the shepherds. Whoa! Not only am I not for them, I'm against them. And I will require my flock at their hand. You see, that's exactly what I just told you. I know what I just told you might have sounded harsh or rude. or or, I don't know what snowflakes call it now. I don't know. There's probably a new word for being offended. Hateful, right? Hateful. Or judging or whatever they want to say whenever you say something they don't like. But I know it sounds that way, but it's right here in the book. That's right. God said, I'm against the shepherd. I don't want God against me, man. Uh-huh. I don't even want God being neutral in my life. Right. If God was neutral in my life, I wouldn't have my girlfriend after all these years. If God was neutral in my life, I wouldn't have went to a doctor's appointment Friday that could have ended with a verdict of cancer right. and ended with them saying, take some antibiotics, we'll see you in a month. Right. If God was neutral in my life, I wouldn't see all the blessings in my life. So I'm not going to risk that for anybody that's here now or anybody that ever walks through the door. Amen. See, here's the thing, man. You know, in our society we live in, you can't trust most people. So we don't go around inviting people in our business. And we get offended when somebody dips in our business. And in this world, you have to be on guard like that. But in the kingdom of God, there is a different setup. There's a different formula. There's a different structure. God puts somebody in the kingdom whose job is to dip in our business. Uh But I only dip in two kinds of business. Business that I'm invited to dip into and business that's right in front of my face. 
So let me help you with this. If you don't want me to dip in your business, don't invite me to, and don't do anything in front of me you know I'm going to have a problem with. Right. Because if you do it in front of me, you've invited me to dip in your business. Because I've got to stand in front of God, and I want God for me. If God be for me, it doesn't matter if you be against me. I'd like you not to be, but if I have to pick between you and God, sorry, I love you, but I'm going to pick God. You need to be the same way. This makes sense today. I mean, I know it's King James, but I think I'm breaking it out pretty simple. <laughs> I am against the shepherds. I will require my flock at their hand. In other words, he's going to ask me one day, where's the one that left? Why didn't you go after them? Why did you have a fat salary and they didn't have nothing? Why did you have a car allowance and they had to ride a taxi to church? Why did you have $300 suits and there were people that had to wear the same outfit every day, preacher? God's going to require the flock at the shepherd's hand. Yes. Don't ever give me nothing you don't want me to give away. Because if I ever run into somebody who doesn't have it and they need it, I'm going to give it to them. I don't care if that's shoes. I don't care if that's a jacket. I've had examples of that kind of living in front of me. It's worse when you live with one. We worked at a homeless shelter over the winter. It was below zero. We're feeding the homeless as they come through the line and they're going to stay in the church building that night so they don't die. Kitty sees a woman coming in and she's got no socks. And her tennis shoes are are soaked and wet and her her feet were blue. And that's a trick because the woman was black. She was froze. Her feet were going to be frostbitten. Kitty saw that woman with no socks. She goes right over, sits down, starts taking her boots off. I said, what are you doing? And I said, never mind. I know what you're doing. Took her socks right off her feet, put her boots back on, went over and gave that lady her socks. I got a witness. Amen. That's the way we're all supposed to be. Mm-hmm. All of us. So don't give me nothing. You don't want me to ever give away because if I run into somebody that needs it, I'm going to give it. Yeah. <laughs> I will require my flock at their head and cause them to cease from feeding the flock. In other words, them fake ones ain't going to feed them nothing anymore, even the wrong junk. That'll be a good day. Neither shall the shepherds feed themselves anymore. Ain't going to take advantage of the flock anymore. For I will deliver my flock from their mouth that they may not be meat for them. Man, I can't wait till that happens. I can't wait till some of these YouTube prophets are fired by God. Okay. For thus saith the Lord God, I will both search my sheep and seek them out. This is why you're here today. God searched for you and He sought you out. And I'm not talking about before you knew Him. You ain't one of His sheep until you're in the flock. I'm talking about every one of you that at some time or another, because of some circumstance in your life with the church or a ministry, 
wound up not being able to go to church, didn't have a church family you could be a part of, didn't have a pastor that you knew he didn't love you and didn't care about you, and so you were out there for a while, and you held on the best you could, you prayed the best you could, you worshiped, you did everything you knew how to do the best you could, but you did not have a flock around you anymore, you didn't have a shepherd anymore, and you look back at your life now, some of you God caused uh, near-death experiences to come, some of you God wiped out all job opportunities where you were when that didn't make no sense. Some of you, God had an eviction notice waiting for you when you got back home. You know what that was? That was God searching and seeking you out and saying, hey, this guy over here ain't doing what he's supposed to do and that flock don't care about you, but I'm building another flock and I need you in it. That's right. That's right. So here's the thing, man. God didn't bring all you guys here just so you could be restored. God brought you guys here to be the flock that restores the rest of them that he's looking for and searching for right now. Because who can minister to somebody that's been brokenhearted over a church better than somebody that's been brokenhearted over a church? Who can minister to a family that comes in that's going to lose their home like somebody that got home to an eviction notice? Who can minister to somebody that's looking all over for work and got 19,000 qualifications better than somebody who's got 19,000 qualifications and had all those possibilities run dry? God searched for you. And then He manipulated events in your life to get you right here. Right. I'm telling you what I know. Right. That's right. Yeah. As a shepherd seeks out his flock in the day he is among his sheep that are scattered, so will I seek out my sheep and will deliver them out of all places. Kentucky, Ohio, Church Hill. Yeah. Where they have been scattered in the cloudy, dark day. And I will bring them out from those people and gather them from their countries and bring them to their own land and feed them on the mountains of Israel by the rivers and in all the inhabited places of the country. Yes. And you tell me if God's not been doing this for you, I will feed them in a good pasture. <clears throat> there shall they lie in a good fold. In a fat pasture, they will feed on the mountains of Israel. God said, don't worry, people. I will feed my flock. That's right. God will make sure you are not denied what is rightfully yours in the kingdom of God anymore. You hear that promise God made you? I will feed my flock. Amen. Man, what a promise. Yes, sir. I will seek that which <coughs> not is, not is. I will seek that which was lost and bring again that which was, here y'all, some of you, driven away. And I will bind up that which was broken, your heart, your confidence, your trust, your faith in the church, in the ministry. I will bind up that which was broken. And look at this. We'll strengthen that which was sick. He didn't just say it, heal it. Yep. He's going to heal it and make it stronger than it was before it got sick. But I will destroy the fat and the strong and feed them with judgment. 
Who's that? That's the ones that drained everything from everybody else. That's the ones that were supposed to be shepherds, living high on the hog with the pasture, with the, the sheep starving to death. The fat and the strong. Now, that's the word of the shepherds. The spiritual CEOs. Here's the word to God's flock. As for you, oh my flock. Everybody say, that's me. Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I judge between cattle and cattle, between the rams and the goats. Seemeth it a small thing to you to have eaten up the good pasture? But must you also tread it down with your feet and the residue of your pastures and to have drank from the deep waters? But you must foul the residue with your feet? This is people who sing specials at church. And because when it started with eight people, they were the only ones who could hold a tune in a bucket. So they sang the specials all the time. But now, God sends somebody in that for whatever reason, when they open their mouth, it doesn't just sound good like a tune in a bucket, but God pours out the Holy Ghost. And they get up and they sing for the first time and the Holy Ghost falls. And somebody prays through the Holy Ghost. And somebody else gets healed. And this person has spent her all this time praying, God, send help in. Lord, pour out the rain. What they really read was pour out the rain through me and let me be the one used for help. Because when the help comes and God uses that other person, they get mad about it. Well, I've been singing specials here for three and a half years. I was here when nobody else was here. This is my position. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> You can fill that in with any position in the church you want to. Sunday school teachers, preachers, pastors, teachers, janitors, ushers, huh? Sound men. You put any position you want to in that, and I'm telling you, I've seen it happen. And that's what God is talking about. He's saying that when you were doing it, you ate from that pasture and you drank from that water, but now when you were eating and you were full, you didn't stop. You wanted to eat everything for yourself. And then when you wasn't even couldn't eat no more because you were fat and full of everything you'd been eating, you just walked over the top of it and made it all nasty so nobody else could eat too. You know who don't want to come to a church that's been split 19 times because the pastor's been run over and it's nasty and there's nothing good to eat from and drinking from deep waters because we were the only ones here. But when I'm drinking my share, I ought to step away and let somebody else that's thirsty start to drink instead of drinking all I can and then wading out in the middle of it like them cows do in those creeks. Uh -huh. yeah. Amen. I've seen cows in those creeks drink till they're full, then not move, and then lift the tail and mess in the same creek. Yeah. Then I've had to watch other cows come down the hill and drink from that mess e water. Yes. And that's exactly what God is outlining in the scripture. Yeah. Dotting of the eye, crossing of the T. 
So look, this warning today is to us. Right. I'm telling you right now, man. Somebody gets in this pulpit and teaches and preaches, and you guys all get healed, and somebody gets a Holy Ghost. If they can stay, we're having revival. That's right. I'll sit in that chair like you do and look at them. Yeah. Uh -huh. I will. Let them have it. Right. Don't matter who, it's the what that matters. Right. Amen. God says He's going to judge between cattle. Look what He said about His flock. Wait a minute, I thought He just talked about His flock. Well, apparently people that do this don't remain in His flock. Because in verse 19, He says, As for My flock, they eat what you have trodden down with your feet, and they drink what you have fouled with your feet. Mm. <laughs> That's going to church somewhere. Man, look, if we had a public school teacher that was really good at what she does or he does, and they didn't have no gender confusion, and they were real live, anointed, God-called, uh, equipped teachers, and they wanted to teach Sunday school, well, how smart do you have to be? Right. Yeah. Well, I've been teaching Sunday school for 19 years, and hating every minute of it. Get out of the way. Right. Yeah. Take a break. Yeah. Sit out in some services a few times in a row. Get refreshed. It's kind of a nice thing to be able to do from time to time. Amen. Yeah. yeah. I love this story because it's true and it applies right here. I was pastoring in Harvard. <coughs> now I'm just going to tell you this, this is the truth. We had revival the whole time. Yeah. Is that true, Teresa? No, it's true. See, I got somebody that's not my wife now. I got all kinds of witnesses here. Amen. <laughs> we had a revival the whole time. I ain't lying. It's because we did, I don't know, fasting, prayed, and worship. Imagine that. Right. And when you do those things, you have revival. We had the whole time. Well, God speaks to me one day out of the blue, and He says, I want you to give all the teachers a month off. Yep. One at a time, give them a month off. So, Because we only had two services there. We never did have three. I ain't trying to come back Sunday night. <laughs> I got nothing left in the tank after Sunday morning. When I have had two services on Sunday, I had to go home, have a coma. And then get up and say, my God, what can I say tonight I didn't say today? I like church, but all Sunday nights are in Pentecostal churches. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to me. <laughs> you preach Jesus' name baptism and the Holy Ghost. The people who have been baptized got the Holy Ghost. Everywhere in Pentecost. We only had two services. So our teachers were only in service one night a week. Right. Now that's okay, but that's straining it. They need a break every now and then so they can come in two services in a row for a little while and just receive from God, right? Uh -huh. So God says, hey, give each teacher a month off one at a time and it'll be good for them. I thought, man, that's genius. Right. <laughs> of course, it's God, right? right. 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 So, uh, after Wednesday night of uh, uh, Bible, Thursday night, we did service on Thursday night. After Thursday night Bible study, uh, I called the, the head of the kids' church up to the platform and she did a great job. You didn't have to. I choose them. Hands off, man. Look, when somebody does their job, I let them do their job. Right. I ain't trying to do every job in the church. Right. Somebody's good at what they do and they're accountable, and I can come to them and say, hey, what you got going on this week? And they give me it and it's all good. I'm like, all right, see you. Let me know if you need anything. Love you. Right? right. Yeah. That's what we do. That's how we grow. So I called her up and I said, hey, man. I said, man, God gave me a great idea. This is going to be so cool. God told me to give every teacher a month off one at a time. And I'm going to start with you. You've been at this a long time, almost since we started. And you do a whole kids' church, so I'm going to give you you know, a month off. And that teacher put her hand on I, I, I'm going to have to learn how to do this the right way. I still can't. Put her hand on her hip, 
I'll have a woman and a girl does that. <laughs> that close? Every one of you has seen a woman do it. If you're a woman here, you've done it at one time or another. Put your hand on your hip and your head, like whatever. There you go. And she, was that good? <laughs> hey, I'm getting it. <laughs> she looked at me and she said, oh, wow. those are my kids and I'm not taking them off. Oh, I remember? Yes, I was in shock. I was like, whoa. I was like, praise God. Now I know it's God. <laughs> because see, I didn't know that spirit was there. That's a spirit. Right. And I looked right back at her and I said, first of all, they're not your kids. They're God's kids. Then they're mine. And if you don't fix your attitude, there'll never be anything to do with you again the rest of your life. Right. See, God knew that spirit right here was there and I didn't. Because you can get so caught up in revival. I'm telling you, revival is busy. Winning people to God is 25-8 366, 367 on a leap year. Right. It is. I know. I didn't know it was there. God did. Right. And when she revealed herself, I, you're fired. Yeah. Thank you for all your help, but bye. Yeah, yeah and she left. Wanted to believe in the church. And her sister taught one of the Sunday school teachers, or one of the classes, and one of the good sisters, thank God for a good sister. <laughs> <laughs> Came to me and said, man, I don't know what the heck happened. She goes, but, uh, you know, there's three-year teachers talking about, we'll just show Pastor Arliss. We'll all take off the same month. And I said, really? I said, that'd be cool, because I'll show them. We'll have kids' church upstairs. I ain't got a problem teaching kids. Right, right. And I'm, truth be told, it's a lot easier to teach kids than it is grown-ups. Uh -huh. That's why Jesus said, receive this thing like a child. Yes, right. yes. Uh-huh. So, see, we got to make sure this spirit right here We'll be drinking our fill, but by golly, I've been in this water hole a long time. Someone else trying to get to the water hole, and I'm in the way, so I wade out in it. Now I've got whatever I've took with me, and now the water ain't even clean no more. I've drank and eaten everything, and look, listen, don't go get confused. Eat up! Right. Drink up! Yeah. Just make sure you don't get so used to eating and drinking all the time that you get possessive over the pasture and, and the water. Right. And when someone else comes up and says, hey, I'm thirsty too, you say, hey, man, I've been drinking a long time. Get right in there, brother. Right. Huh? Get right in there, sis. Any way I can help you? Right. Need help getting in the water? You'll like it out there. Right. Need any help with that pasture? You'll like it over there. Yeah. Yes. Therefore, saith the Lord God, behold, even I will judge between the fat cattle uh -oh, and the lean cattle. And there's a lot of churches where certain families run the church. Hello, Lord God. Hallelujah. There's a lot of churches where a lot of people in them. Now, understand we're talking spiritually. Yes. Where there's a group of them, they're fatter than fat. Look like the Michelin Man or that steak puff marshmallow dude on Ghostbusters. <laughs> and then all the rest of the church look like they're starving. Like, like they ain't ate nothing. And it's because there's a family or two that has their hands in everything. Not here. Never as you do and have a better spirit. So yeah, try. I know. This this heavy stuff today. I told you. I warned you. I would judge between fat cattle and lean cattle. Why? Look at this. Now remember he's talking to his people. You have thrust with side and shoulder and pushed all the disease with your horn till you scattered them. Uh -huh. 
People are coming needing God. Come down to an altar. I sent my sister somewhere, one of my sisters somewhere years ago, to a man who was pastoring in Rockford at the time, and she called me, and her husband was on cocaine. She was trying to get off cocaine, and she said, I just don't know where to go. The place you came out of, don't accept people like me, and I know that because I watched the way they treated you when you were there. And she goes, I don't know where to go. And I said, well, you can go to this man's church. He's solid gold. And she went there that night. She's got a husband on cocaine. She's trying to get off cocaine. They're going to lose her house, lose everything they own. And I get a call three or four hours later, and she is his hysterical, bawling her eyes out because when she went to that man's church he got a word from God on women not wearing pants and she was the only woman in the whole church wearing pants and I called that brother up and I said, what in the heck did you do, man? I sent my sister to you and he said, well, brother, I can't help God gave me a word on pants I said, brother, you got a word on it all right, but it wasn't God uh -huh. yeah and I said, I can tell you that for sure because God is not going to look at a woman's pants or her skirt when she's got a husband on cocaine, Stacy. When she's going to lose everything in her life, God is going to help heal that need in her life. So what they've done is they pushed the sick and the disease. This is my church! That's my pew! I sit there. I sing that. I preach then. I play that. That's my class. Hey, don't you think for a minute I only preach this because I'm here. I'll preach this anywhere God tells me to. I don't care. I've been kicked out of better places than some of the places that will kick me out. They kicked out some pretty nice places. <laughs> See, there is a thing called preventive preaching, like preventive maintenance. If you check your oil, make sure you're not out of oil, you won't have to replace the engine. It's a lot easier to check the oil than to replace the engine. So when we preach stuff, it's not always because it's going on right now. You know what it's because of? So that we're on guard that those things don't come. Right. All right, we're getting there. God says, because of this will I save my flock, and they shall no more be a prey. Welcome home, everybody. Amen. And I will judge between cattle and cattle. What you need to do now is all the places you've ever been that ran you off, all the places you've ever been that didn't care about the real need in your life and started addressing superficial stuff and never tried to help you with what mattered, you need to start praying for them now because God is going to judge between all those people and they need God's mercy. And here's the last thing. God said, I'll save my flock. That's where... You all come in. He said, I'll judge between the others, and I will set up one shepherd over them, and he shall feed them. Even my servant David shall feed them, and he shall be their shepherd. Now, this does not literally mean David. 
God did not bring David back to life like He did Lazarus. He didn't make David live forever and pastor every assembly in the whole world. What this means is that God is going to raise up shepherds that will love God's people like David loved his daddy's sheep. David said one time, I fought a bear protecting my daddy's yep. sheep and I fought a lion protecting my daddy's sheep and this giant you guys are facing ain't no big deal to the God I serve. And I'm here today to tell you that God is raising up shepherds like this. I've met a few of them. And they're the ones that have been run off from them other places. And the good old boy network don't have nothing to do with them. And that's good. That's part of the reason why they are the way they are right now. They're not beholden to man's denominational doctrines. They're not beholden to organizational uh, liabilities or old of faithfulness first, they're beholden to God That's first, right. and then God's people. Yes. And I'm here today to tell you, and somewhere down the road, perhaps God will give me the opportunity to prove this to be true to you. Maybe He will, and maybe He won't. But it doesn't change the fact that I'm going to tell you, I'm this guy. I don't mind a bit getting my hands dirty. I will help you any way I can. I have fought bears in the church. And I have fought lions in the church. And I ain't scared of any giant you might be facing in your life. And the reason why is because you're God's sheep. And God will fight the bear. He'll fight the lion. He'll fight the giant. Yes. This today is who you are. Every one of you can look at what you've been through to get where you are right now, and you know you're in this section of Scripture. And when you look at this flock, this is the kind of flock God is putting together right here. And I'm that guy, man. Hey, if I had my choice, I'd be working a six-figure job right now evangelizing. I want to do it, Pastor. Thank you very much, Stacy. <laughs> Glory. Teresa. Damon. God's putting something together here for a very specific reason. This word about the, the wrong behaviors ain't to any of you guys because you're exhibiting them. It's not. It's to you because you've been through them. Right. But it's a warning to us, too, to make sure that we don't ever get there ourselves. Right. Here's your promise from God, and I'm done because He's done. I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David, a prince among them. Now, you know how I am. I don't even let you do Pastor Appreciation Month. So when it says that the shepherd is a prince, that doesn't mean he's royalty. What it means is God has an alignment in the kingdom. Prince just means has an authority. You follow me? That's all that means. Has an authority. God's the king, and then there's the under-shepherd, and then there's the flock. And there are some things in the office of under-shepherd that God will use the under-shepherd for that He doesn't parcel out to just anybody and everybody. And you better thank God for that because every one of them comes with an obligation and a price. Yes, yes it does. Yeah. Now here's your promise. Check this out. I will make with them, that's you, a covenant of peace. 
Nobody promised for your family, Teresa. I will cause the evil bees to cease, and you shall dwell safely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. In other words, you're going to be all right wherever you go. And I will make them and places round about my hill, that's God's people, God's church, a blessing. I will make them a blessing. That means you are not only going to be blessed, you will be the blessing. Right. You are going to be somebody's blessing that's going to walk in this door. And when you talk to them and you start to learn their story, you're going to be, my God, that's my story. And then you're going to know whose blessing you're supposed to be. Uh -huh. yeah. I will make them a blessing and I will cause a shower to come down in a season like this. And there shall be showers of blessing. It's going to rain. Yes. Yes. Only this rain's going to be good. I feel the rain. I feel the rain. I feel it falling down on me. I feel the rain. I feel the rain. I feel it falling down on me. The former and the latter rain together. And I'm not talking about the weather. It's the Holy Ghost rain and it's falling down on me. That's your promise. Stand with me, will you? I don't feel tired like I did when this started. David said, by my God, I have run through a troop and I have leaped over a wall. And he was literal. He did. I hope there's playbacks in heaven and some of that stuff. <laughs> and like, see, David, there's a wall. He's inside the city of the enemy. There's a troop there to block him from the gate. And David said, I don't need a gate. <laughs> Shoot. Whoop. <laughs> Look, you have showers of blessings. Promised to you by God. All of us, all of you, are in different places in the process of your healing and of your restoration. You're in different places. And before those showers of blessings come, there is a process of healing and restoration. And it's not fun. When we healed incorrectly that's an oxymoron for real healed wrong yeah. see healing wrong isn't healing at all but if I get a cut on my arm and I scrape 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 and pretty soon if it does manage to scab over it's going to be a nasty looking scab and then if I do let it leave it alone when the scab's gone there's going to be a red streak on my arm where it healed wrong what that really means is it wasn't allowed to heal. Because yeah. I got in the way. Uh -huh. Some of that healing's tough. Because God doesn't just deal with the superficial, thank God. Right. But He goes all the way there, man. Yeah, and it ain't fun when God wants to go right to where that pain is. Right. 
And in order to let God use a shepherd to go right where that pain is, he goes right past all those places. We have all those awful memories of previous shepherds who went there for themselves. So I realize it's not a pleasant process. And I thank you for the trust that you've given me by allowing me to do whatever level of that healing is you've allowed me to do. Because you have to be healed. And you have to be healed before those showers start. But if you will endure the process, there will be a day where you'll look back on that memory and it won't be fond of the process, but in that day you'll be like, thank God I endured it. Thank God I let God go there, and thank God I let David go there. What I'm going to do right now is I'm going to pray. And if you feel, you already do. If you have the need to pray, then you already know that. Because something in the course of the preaching, I figured out that's what I really am. I'm not necessarily a preacher or a teacher. I'm more of a preacher. Somewhere today in the course of the preaching, God has pricked your heart somewhere. And if He has, when I start to pray, you can come forward and I'll pray for you. And I want to start a rule right now in our church family. I've had it before, years ago, in Harvard, and it's an awesome rule to have. Nobody prays huh? alone. Nobody prays alone. If you're a sister and you don't have a need to come to the altar on any given day, but another sister does, even if you don't feel particularly connected to God, if you can remember a time in your life when you were praying at an altar all by yourself, but then you felt a hand on your shoulder, you didn't have any idea who it was, but you felt better because there was a hand there. So if it's a lady praying and you don't need prayer and you're a lady, come up, just put a hand on her shoulder. You don't even have to pray out loud. Just put that hand there like, I got your back, sis, right? Yeah. Fellas, same deal. But I'm going to start to pray, and I'm going to pray that God will never let us forget where we came from and that we don't turn into the things that ran us off from where we came from. Yeah. All right. yeah. Okay? Yeah. Well, I pray that. If you need to come pray, I'm going to ask you to. Lord, I thank You, Father, today. I thank You, Lord, for thick word. I thank You, Lord, for blunt word. I'm the kind of person that that's the only kind that does me any good, Father. I need it right at me. I need it plain. I need it simple. I need it direct. And I thank you for a word of warning today. A word of warning, first of all, to me as a shepherd to never forget that nobody besides my wife belongs to me. That the people in your congregation are your sheep. They're your people. I thank you for the reminder that I am not to feed myself first. That I am not to take care of myself at the expense of others. I thank you for reminding me of that, God. 
And I thank you for reminding me that it is my job to seek after the ones that have been driven away, the ones that are scattered, that I am supposed to, Father. And I thank you, God, for the reminder that you are with me, that you will do what needs doing. If I'll do my job, you'll do yours. I thank you, God, for the reminder of some of the awful things that we have been through back down the road, some places we weren't treated the way we should have been treated, the way we needed to have been treated. I thank you for reminding us of that today, God, because it makes it even firmer in our heart that we will never become that to somebody else. Thank you for reminding us, God, this is your church. We're your people called by your name, covered by your blood, sealed by your spirit, Father. And Lord, anyone that comes through that door is going to come through that doorway because you searched for them, you found them, and you drew them here. And Lord, you called us to be a blessing to somebody else, God. So when they come in and they're sick and they're wounded, they're tired, they're broken, they're hurting, Father. Lord, remind us that's why we are here, God. Remind us, Lord, that we have jobs in the kingdom, we have functions in this kingdom, we have responsibilities in this kingdom, Lord, but none of them are ours. They are yours. We are members of the body, and help us, God, to have the kind of spirit, Lord, that if you send somebody else in here that can be a greater blessing doing the same thing I'm doing then let me step aside God and let them do what they do Lord and Father help us God to be kingdom minded Lord help us to prefer our brother prefer our sister God and Lord I ask you to help us to remain in the process of healing that we're in it's not comfortable God it's not uh, safe, Lord. It doesn't feel secure, God. Lord, it feels like a risk because some of the places you want us to go, the last time we let somebody go there, they almost killed us, God. But Lord, if we're ever going to be what we need to be, if we're ever going to have those showers of blessings, God, then we've got to be healed. So I pray today, Lord, for the courage to be healed. I pray today God, that your anointing, that your wisdom, knowledge, and understanding would be upon us, that we would be used to heal each other, God. Oh, Lord, I praise you today. I worship you today. And Lord, we pray for the flock somewhere else today. We pray for those that shoved us aside. We pray for those that drove us off. We pray for those that let us leave and never came searching, God, because you said you're going to judge between cattle and cattle, and we're asking you for mercy today. We're asking you to touch their heart today. Remind them of why they started doing this in the first place, God. Remind them of their first love, not just their first love for you, but their first love for the lost their first love for your people. Visit them today, God. Restore them today. And Lord, let us be a group of people that would restore. Let us be a group of people that would heal others.
that would encourage others. Let us be a group of people that would stand aside from the well and let others come in and drink, God. Let us be a group of people that having ate our fill would stand out of the way and let someone else come in and eat too, Lord. We ask you today to trust us to be that and send those that are wounded. Send those that are broken. Send those that are diseased. Send those that have been driven off. Send those that have been scattered, God. And we will do exactly what you have brought us together to do. And I ask you, God, to manifest the showers of blessings in your people's lives today. Manifest them, God. Bless them. Encourage our people. Strengthen them today. Walk with them. Talk with them. Remind them of how much you love them, God. Remind them, Lord, of their talents and their gifts. Remind them of their purpose in your kingdom, God. And encourage them to fulfill that purpose to serve their generation, Lord. I ask your blessing upon all your people this week, God. I ask your Lord to keep everybody safe and sound until we come together again. I ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Amen. God bless you. Dismissed from service, but never his presence.